Hello and welcome to episode three of The Complete Works, season three, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith and joining me on this journey into the Yeoh-averse is my friend, co-host and fellow psychopath. Mike DiCrescio. How'd you do today, Mike? I'm doing great. Still delighted by psychopath. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like that will be the journey for me for this podcast. Just you being delighted by it until you get like really sick of it by episode 50 or something? <laughs> Correct. Yes. Uh, either that or I will forget it every episode, uh, every week, and be so happy every time. So I'm still expecting Go Blue Maniac every time. Right. Yeah. You're going to get used to it just as the season's finally ending, I think, yes. is uh, how it's going to happen. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, Mike, we took we took three whole episodes, but we finally made it. We finally yeah. made it. Uh, I was debating cracking a beer this episode, but it felt <laughs> feels too celebratory. You yes, know? too too soon. Uh, but this might be the shortest time to uh, we made it in complete works history, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three episodes got to be the record. I, I feel like it has to be. Yeah. So today we're talking about a movie that the two of us have seen before, and in fact, both saw for the first time together. Uh, yes. It was March 2018, uh, back in our movie marathon heyday. Back then, the Alamo Drafthouse and Yonkers, uh, then programmed by Justin Liberty, who now works at Vinegar Syndrome, uh, they had a strong run of movie marathons that uh, we went to. There was an annual actor marathon. Uh, I went to those, the Schwarzenegger one and the Kurt Russell one. You were supposed to go to the Kurt Russell one with me. You bailed out at the last minute. I don't remember why, but I'm sure it was dumb. I believe you were sick. Uh, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, there was the annual Dismember the Alamo Halloween Marathon. Uh, there were several franchise marathons. I went to the Rocky Marathon, the Lethal Weapon Marathon. And in March 2018, the Alamo Drafthouse in Yonkers held a marathon called Cinemapocalypse, uh, in which they played six mystery films from the American genre film archive, AGFA on 35 millimeter. Uh, now, we had not seen any of these movies before we uh, went to this marathon, I don't think. Right, Mike? I don't remember what many of the other movies were, <laughs> but probably not, I would assume. I actually went back uh, through my old letterbox diary and uh, found out which movies played on that day, Mike. So we saw some wild shit. Uh, we saw City Hunter with Jackie Chan. That was yes. the finale. That was the last movie, and uh, that movie made us lose our minds completely. Yeah, that movie was amazing. We also watched uh, Emma May, the exploitation drama. Yes, that's right. Yes, which was very good. Uh, Penelope Spears' Hollywood Vice Squad uh, was in there. Uh, a movie called Cold Steel with Sharon Stone and Jonathan Banks and Adam Ant. Do you remember oh that? Oh, my God. I forgot all about that movie. <laughs> that movie rocked. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. And then finally, also, the uh, the female-driven martial arts revenge movie, Alley Cat, yes. uh, was in the mix that day. So, I just uh, recently got that on Blu-ray from Vinegar Syndrome. Did you really? Yeah, it's one of their uh, Vinegar Syndrome archive, I think. Like, their kind of limited edition run line they have. And there's been a couple movies that I've seen or a couple movies that Vinegar Syndrome has put out since our movie marathon heyday, like you said. Um, so it's pretty funny. A lot of like the cinema uh, Hudson Horror Show was yep. always sponsored by Vinegar Syndrome, and they're partnered now with Agfa, and it's like a whole weird like Northeast Blu-ray thing going on <laughs> um, where it's like, oh, I see what's happening. Yeah, there you go. But uh, the movie that kicked off that marathon that day, and uh, really, I mean, we lost our minds for this movie. We were like, you know, going on. At, like, this is probably, maybe other than City Hunter, the movie that stayed with me the most. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the movie that, uh, you know, kicked things off, and it was the very first starring role for Michelle Yeoh. And it's a movie that we both just kind of fell in love with. So today, it's finally time for us to revisit 
Yes, madam. Alright, so we talked last week about Michelle Yeoh's desire to get into action and doing her own stunts while she worked on The Owl vs. Bombo. So she jumped right into it, training for 8 to 12 hours every single day and already having a long background in dance and choreography uh, helped her tremendously. And she was very quickly put front and center as the lead in Yes, Madam, another movie that was being produced by Sammo Hung and D&B Films. Now, Sammo Hung not directing this time around, uh, no. probably because, you know, he had eight other movies to deal with that year. Cut <laughs> 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 him a break, why don't you? <laughs> but... Still in this movie. Yes, yeah, still in this movie, still a producer on this movie as well. Uh, but directing duties were passed on to Corey Yoon, who, uh, like pretty much everybody in the Hong Kong film industry around this time, was also an action choreographer, stuntman, producer, actor. <laughs> Um, probably several other jobs as well, kind of depending on what he needed to be for what film. Uh, He became a sought-after action director in the 80s. After this, he was known for directing No Retreat, No Surrender with Jean-Claude Van Damme. He also made a name for himself in the U.S. in the late 90s and early 2000s. He uh, co-directed The Transporter with Jason Statham. Whoa. Yeah, so there's that. And then he also did the action for Lethal Weapon 4, the original X-Men, and he worked closely with uh, Jet Li on many of his American films uh, as well. Yes, Madam, ended up being a huge hit in Hong Kong and a somewhat groundbreaking film because it's often credited as the first Girls With Guns film, an action movie that places its badass women front and center in the middle of its shootouts. That's pretty cool. I don't think I realized that. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of a trailblazing movie, uh, you know, inadvertently, I think, actually. Uh, it also launched a series of sequels throughout the 80s and 90s that were part of the In the Line of Duty franchise. Uh, so this is the first movie in that series Technically, I don't think there's any like recurring characters throughout that series, but there are recurring actors and recurring elements. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is actually in the second one, which will be next week's movie on this podcast. Oh, how fortuitous. <laughs> yes, is this, indeed. Is this also Cynthia Rothrock's first or it's early movie for her? This is her very first movie, Mike, actually. Yes. Look at that. I preempted yeah. your, your little intro. A little bit. Yeah, but that's OK. So uh, Michelle Yeoh stars in the movie as Senior Inspector Ng, and she gets paired up with Senior Inspector Carrie Morris, uh, sent over from Scotland Yard, played by Cynthia Rothrock, martial arts legend. Of course, she was in the movie Martial Law, uh, which I bought from Vinegar Syndrome a while back and haven't watched yet. I think she was also in, uh, if not No Retreat, No Surrender, I think she was in the other movie Corey Yoon made like the next year. Oh, uh, really? It was, yes. But uh, it actually could have all gone very differently because uh, the original idea was to pair Michelle Yeoh up with a male co-star. Uh, they wanted her to have a male co-star, a Bruce Lee type is actually who they're looking for. Like they wanted somebody to kind of resemble Bruce Lee, somebody that brought that same kind of energy. But Cynthia Rothrock came into the audition to kind of demonstrate her skills. The studio was so impressed. They just offered her the role on the spot and, uh, changed the role from male to female right there. (laughs) That's cool as hell. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's the way to do it. If you could just get into a room and show them that you can kick everyone's ass, uh, that's, that's, (laughs) That's the way to uh, fight your way into the movie. Uh, it's great. And yeah, this is her very first movie. From there, ton of reunions happening here, Mike. <laughs> I feel like the the rarefied four-peat or whatever it was for yes. the Goldblum season is going to be surpassed next episode. <laughs> 
I think you're probably right. Uh, we got a ton of reunions from our last two movies. First off, you have two bumbling thieves who get mixed up in the plot of this movie named Strepsil and Aspirin. Strepsil is played by John Shum, who you may recognize as the skeevy landlord from Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. I think I said that last episode. You did. You very much did. Uh, and then Aspirin is played by Mang Hoi, who is in everything from Enter the Dragon to City Hunter. He's actually in that movie as well. Really? And there you go. We had an inadvertent Mang Hoi double feature on that marathon day that we didn't even realize. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> They've got a buddy who makes fake IDs named Panadol, and he is played by acclaimed filmmaker Sui Hark, uh, director of Once Upon a Time in China. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Uh, also producer of early John Woo movies. Most importantly, he was actually also the director of Double Team with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman and Mickey Rourke. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> this has got this is movie cinema royalty right yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. This movie kind of has everything. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Uh, from there, James Tien, who was also in both the Owl vs. Bombo and Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, uh, he plays the film's main villain, Henry Tin. Dick Wei plays his assassin, Willie. Uh, he was also in both movies. Chung Fat from Enter the Dragon plays Mad Dog, another henchman. Uh, and then there's a couple of other thugs, which include Chin Ka Tuk, uh, who's also in The Alvarez Bombo and Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. <laughs> and uh, he has Ho, who is, or Shai Ho, who is in Disciples of the 36th Chamber and Iron Monkey. Uh, and then, hey, more reunions. Uh, Strepsil and Aspirin are doing what they're doing to make money for their elder mentor, who lives in a retirement home with two other guys. That mentor, Sifu, is played by Sammo Hung. The other two are Richard Ng and David Chang, who were both in Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Star. <laughs> I think the, the only note that I wrote down for this movie was the lucky star is in the retirement home with an yes. exclamation point. And that was it. <laughs> Because uh, everything else is too cool for me to have been taking notes during it. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> fair. Uh, one of the policemen is placed by is played by Wu Ma, who is also in both other movies. Uh, another policeman is actually played by director Corey Yoon, and the parking inspector is played by Billy Lau, who was also in Twinkle Twinkle <laughs> Lucky Stars. Uh, he was the director of the play they're rehearsing in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that it's all the same production company. It's all the same crew. Is yes. In all these movies, but. Uh, it's very funny that it's just almost the entire same cast. <laughs> it's pretty wild, actually. Like, if Jackie Chan was in this, it'd be like, oh, it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Yes, Madam was directed by Corey Yun three years after his previous film as a director, 1982's Ninja in a Dragon's Den. Great title. Incredible <laughs> title. Wow. Uh, and one year before he would make No Retreat, No Surrender. The movie was written by Barry Wong, who also wrote, you guessed it, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. <laughs> The movie was released in Hong Kong on November 30th, 1985, which, by the way, 85, same year as Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Like, the, these movies yeah. came out almost immediately one right after the other. But if you were in the U.S., you probably couldn't watch Yes, Madam. You were instead watching Rocky Four, which came out that weekend. Incredible. I think Eureka uh, Blu-rays announced Yes, Madam, right? Was it Eureka? I don't remember I believe, that one. I believe it was Eureka, yes. Yeah. Uh, just thinking of what you said, like, oh, you were, wouldn't have been able to watch it. But like now we're going to have seen a real fancy, nice boutique Blu-ray of it. And that's yes, exciting. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, Rocky Four came out in the U.S. that weekend. The other big release was Santa Claus the Movie from 1985. The rest of the top ten includes One Magic Christmas, King Solomon's Mines, Jagged Edge, Back to the Future, and it's 22nd week of the box office. What the fuck? <laughs> it was a different time, Mike. It was a different time. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Once Bitten, To Live and Die in L.A., Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer <laughs> and uh, Bad Medicine uh, rounding out your top 10. You know, I'd watch it just for the the weirdness of all of those movies <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> That's Half a strange Christmas top movies. 10. I think, <laughs> yes. 
feel like usually when we look at like an 80s top 10, it's like, oh, it's always like the big hits like that, you know, from the 80s, it's Beverly Hills Cop, it's Back to the Future, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, this is just like a random assortment of like half forgotten <laughs> movies. Yes. <laughs> One's fit in the Jim Carrey movie? No, I can't fit you, right? This 85? I mean, you know, you know what? Maybe. I think it might be actually. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. This, yeah. In any case, we're not here to talk about Once Bitten, Mike. We're here to talk about Yes, Madam. The IMDb plot synopsis for Yes, Madam reads, Two unlucky thieves break into a just-murdered man's hotel room and steal his passport with a hidden microfilm wanted by a triad boss. Two hard-kicking women cops from HK and UK get the case. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I was so really not prepared for that. <laughs> Oh, my God. I can't think of a better way to describe this movie. Two hard-kicking women cops from HK and UK (laughs) get the case. (laughs) Wow. Incredible. So, yeah, Mike, we are, uh, I think, both big fans of Yes, Madam. Uh, I had not seen it since we watched it that day at the uh, Cinemapocalypse Marathon. I think you had seen it a couple of times since then. Uh, What are your overall thoughts on this movie? Yes. Yeah. I had seen it, uh, once or twice since then, uh, I had watched it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts that I can kind of trace like my interest and, you know, kind of budding love of Hong Kong action movies, like specifically to that day at city of apocalypse, starting with yes, madam and ending with city hunter, just being like, is this what movies are possible? Like (laughs) (laughs) city hunter especially is just one of the most insane. We were going nuts in that theater watching city hunter. I feel like, yeah, as the sixth movie in a marathon, you know, it's 12 hours into it or whatever. And just the the energy and bananasness of that movie, uh, like amazing, a high that I've been chasing ever since. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For much. those who don't know, City Hunter is the one where Jackie Chan like has like a Street Fighter dream sequence thing where he's like dressed up as the characters from Street Fighter, including yeah. Chun-Li and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, a wild film. <laughs> yes, it was excellent. Um but yes, I mean, and starting the day with Yes, Madam kind of int- also introduced me to Cynthia Rothrock. I didn't know who that was, uh, but I do remember, I feel like I remember that name getting mentioned in the kind of like introduction and a lot of people being like really hyped about like, yeah. a Cynthia Rothrock movie. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it's Yes, Madam. And yeah, this movie is just the coolest shit ever. You know, it's just the cool. What if the coolest uh, for two hours? Uh, right. And not, it's not even two hours. It's, a, it's, a, it's like 93 minutes. It's very <sighs> tight. Mwah. Perfect. Yeah. And just, but it's, it's so funny, right? It starts, I made my friends watch this with me this time. Uh, cause I was like, this is, uh, let, let me change your lives, you know? Right. And yeah, it starts with like, uh, Michelle Yeoh catching a flasher, right? Uh, and my friends were like, what are you making us watch Mike? And I was like, trust me. And then 30 seconds later, a shootout erupts. Um, yes. <laughs> like, and they were kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, they were all in. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just the thing we've kind of been charting in these last two movies, our last previous two episodes. And I assume we'll chart for the next 50. Uh, but the, the kind of like beautiful combination between the kind of just awesome action just cool as shit stuff we've never, you don't really see in Hollywood movies, you know, um, mixed with slapstick comedy and it's the funny and it's also fucking hilarious uh yes. like the whole bit where the uh like thugs go to Canada's like place where he's making all the forgeries and he's got just like sliding cages for walls and it's just this whole like elaborate <laughs> dance bit thing where they're kind of trapping each other in different corners of the room there's, it's, it's like literally like a bugs bunny cartoon yeah. um, where it's like yeah it's there's like a moment where he hands him like a dummy stuff with dynamite like right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I forgot about that. Yeah. And like it hits the filing cabinet. So the top cap, the top drawer pops out and hits him in the head and like all that right. kind of shit. Um, but then also Cynthia Rothrock, Michelle Yeoh in the cool, one of the coolest fight scenes at the end. Um, amazing with the high five. That's the cool, like literally one of the coolest moments in movies ever right before they just break into a huge brawl and kick 30 men's ass. That was even when that fight started, my friends who were watching it with me who are not film Twitter people were like, I've seen this before. Like this has gone, this has gone around on Twitter enough that they had seen it and recognized it. Like they didn't know that it was from this movie or anything. Yeah. They were like, Oh shit, wait, I think I've seen this before. And then, yeah, there's like a couple moments where, Michelle Yeoh does like some cool handstand flip stuff on a railing. And they were like, oh, yes. Yeah. This like, I've definitely seen this. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just love this movie. And, and I'm so happy that we got to watch. I had like a reason, quote unquote, to watch it. But this is definitely like kind of up there in the sort of like comfort action movie kind of thing for me. We're like once a year or so. I'm like, yeah, well, I got to watch. I got to watch Yes, Madam again, you know? So yeah, this movie rocks. I'm glad it's here. It's funny that it's her starring breakout thing. It's cool. Cynthia Rotherack's first movie. It's wild. Like how kind of like pivotal this movie is. It really is. But I mean, for the two of them, especially, I mean, this movie, yeah, like I said, like I'm with right there with you. This movie kicks ass. It is so completely wild. Uh, I think the funny stuff does land for the most part. And uh, it is a just very tight 90 minutes, exciting story. The finale is incredible. Uh, I also kind of forgot uh, how much of a down note this movie kind of ends on? <laughs> yeah, I did not remember that at all. Uh, I was watching it and I was like, oh yeah, like this is the big finale, here it comes. And then like the bad guy like wins in the end, sort of. Like it's well, like, and then gets blown away. <laughs> right. Then gets blown away. But like it, the movie ends with our heroes all just getting arrested. Like yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what happens, which like you watch it and like it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. They like they should they should be getting arrested because they were, you know, cops who are well, went off on their own and like, you know, these crazy like off-duty cops that like, you know, were discharged and all that kind of stuff. But uh, at the same time, it's just like, you know, based on like the the in, inner logic of the movie, it's just like it's weird that like this movie ends this way. <laughs> yeah. And it also it also breaks the trend from the other two episodes, the other two movies we watched, where the big fight happens, uh, the police show up, roll credits, like instant end. And this goes yep. on for like another three, four minutes to have the like, ha ha, ha I've won moment yes. uh, before the like scrawny dude steals that cop's gun and kill, kills the yeah. bad guy. Uh, and then it's like freeze frame, roll credits. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Yeah. Still still a very like, sudden ending, like what oh, happens yeah. there. But uh, yeah, and I think, you know, the way you say it, it's, like, it's a pivotal movie for both Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. I mean, A, it's the first time either one of them was the lead of a movie. And really, I mean, Cynthia Rothrock is her debut film. Michelle Yeoh is her third movie. She's already kind of put in this like front and center position uh, in Yes, Madam. Uh, and you can really like watch this movie and like feel her becoming a superstar like throughout the course of it uh and i think that moment where they do the high five and get into their fighting stances it's the moment where it's like michelle yo is a huge movie star now (laughs) yeah like it's it like signals the arrival of michelle yo uh in a way where it's like one of those things was like oh my god like i i I need to see this person in more things like right after this and to see her do that and then do everything that she does in the finale uh where she is doing pretty much all of her own stunts and you know you see her actually get into the action and she's doing stuff where she's getting smashed through mirrors and smashed through glass and there's a moment uh like her big stunt uh quote unquote in this movie is when she's like flipping backwards, like through a pane of glass and like brings down two guys with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I say big stunt quote unquote, because there are like a million other big stunts that she's also doing in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was like the one that was like kind of the big one on set or whatever it was just seeing her do all this stuff right after that. Like, you know, very like confident, fun, like high five moment with her and Cynthia Rothrock. It's just like, man, 
superstar Michelle Yeoh right here. Here we go. Yeah, even right down to um, like the very beginning of the movie that, like I mentioned, that scene with the uh, flasher and all that stuff and like the thugs or whatever, like cut off the armored truck and the whole thing and they like turn around Michelle Yeoh and the cops turn around to come back. And just like that weird run thing she does where she like is holding onto the car, but like crouched for cover, you know, for the gunfight. Uh, one of my friends was just like, she's amazing. Like just that one moment, like just that weird <laughs> physicality thing of her doing that. It was always like, oh yeah, like this is how the legend of Michelle Yeoh begins is here yes. is in this kind of thing. And you can immediately tell when she's not just, I mean, even, even in Oliver's Bombo where she has like the melodrama serious stuff to do, you can tell she's like, has like a kind of star quality to her. But when she gets to do the cool fighting shit, you're like, yeah, this is the one. This is it. Um, and I kept, while we were watching it, I kept being like, oh, you, you know, she used to do ballet. <laughs> like, <I> kept, <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, Kevin, the pretentious podcast host uh, with my movie night with my friends. So there I'm sure they love that. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, you've already kind of answered the question, but what did you think of Michelle Yeoh in this movie, Mike? I mean, 10 out of 10. She's perfect. It's such a confidence to it in the character and in the performance and just being like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, we're here. This is our thing. Like, particularly in that big finale scene when she's fighting, I think it's Mad Dog, the guy with the big mustache and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's got the knife. And she's like, basically like, what are you a bitch? You have to use, you have to use a knife to fight me and like gets him to drop the knife, like to disarm himself so they could fight. Uh, it's just like so cool. I don't know. There's a, such a weird confidence to all of it. And yeah, the, the high five is like top 10 movie moments of all time. You know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where like that high five exists like as a gif on Twitter, I think. Yeah. Um, despite the, like, if you look up, yes, madam, I'm pretty sure that's probably the only one that's going to come up there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like definitely uh, devoid of the context of the movie. Cause it's just a cool fucking high five. Exactly. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's just that immediate feeling of just seeing her like, effortlessly jump into everything in this movie. She squares off with Rothrock. She gets into the fight scenes. Uh, and I think it's really remarkable how quickly she did all of that. I mean, she dived right into doing a role like this. I think the uh, the background in ballet, the choreography, training, like she had a right. leg up on in that sense. And so she kind of took all that knowledge and then went to the gym for eight hours a day <laughs> and then translated into, into fights and action sequences. And uh, yeah, just succeeds spectacularly. This is a as good a star vehicle for Michelle Yeoh as you can get uh, in, this, in these early days, for sure. Yeah, and I don't, like you said, Lucky Stars in this is the same year. And I guess probably Al Verse Bombo was the year before, right? Probably. Yep. So yeah, within two years to just go to this effectively spearheading a subgenre <laughs> with the you know, girls <laughs> with guns thing is crazy. And and thank God Samo Hung like let that happen. I don't know. Like you, there's like a there's like a dark timeline version where like these girls can't be here, you know, kind of thing. And that, right. that doesn't happen here. And and because of that, we get Michelle Yeoh. Absolutely. So uh, how do you think this role fits into the roles that we've seen Michelle Yeoh play so far, Mike? Well, I think really this one for the first time is kind of like the natural evolution of the roles we've seen. <laughs> it really is. Like, it is, just though. Looking at these three roles, like one after the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was waiting for when I'd be able to use that uh, this season. And here it is, episode three, because we made it. Uh, we peaked yep. here. It's episode three. But yeah, I think I think it is it is a um, exciting and, and kind of crazy springboard from the kind of serious melodrama stuff of Oliver's Bombo the fighting cameo thing that is in Lucky Stars to just full-fledged kind of mixing both uh, a little bit. It's a little less melodrama, but there is some dramatic moments and tension and stuff. Yes. Partic particularly between Yo and Rothrock and like Rothrock's just like, we're going to murder them all kind of thing. <laughs> She's uh, a cop on the edge and Yo yeah. plays it by the book. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a very fun like dynamic for them to have. I love. I love just. It makes sense that it's like was supposed to be a man, quote unquote, in the original version of the script, because that's it's a very like mean, physical, aggressive role that Rothrock is playing, and it's really fun to see that. But yeah, it's fun to see Yo. Like this is it. And as far as I am aware, in the kind of not very aware at all popular cultural sense, American Hollywood version, this is what Michelle Yo will do for the next fifty episodes. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, at least for the I know next, that's like, not true. But. I think for the next like fifteen to twenty. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, you know. I, I think these next few episodes. Uh, I mean, it's a really interesting timeline because you really just have a few years of Michelle Yeoh movies, and then she stops making them for like five years. Right. You know, she gets married. She decides not to do it anymore. I believe she gets like an onset injury, and that like kind of sets things like okay, well, we we should dial us back, and so she just takes a hiatus, and then when she gets divorced, she jumps right back into making movies, uh, and her return movie is Police Story Three: Super Cop, which like is almost like the reaffirmation. I'm like, oh yeah, Michelle Yeoh is a superstar. <laughs> That's the motorcycle on the train movie, right? I believe it is. Yes, it is. Exciting. Exciting I've, to see that when we get there. Cannot wait to get to that one. I've actually only seen the first two police stories. You haven't seen any of them. Correct. And I almost watched them the other day because they're both on HBO Max, I believe. Okay, um, cool. They're, prob- they're probably also on the Criterion Channel. It might have been Criterion Channel that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and I was like, I doubt that I will need to have seen these before Police Story 3, but I kind of want to just watch the police story movie. I mean, police story one is like one of the great action movies. Uh, it yeah. is truly, truly incredible. It's probably my favorite Jackie Chan movie. Uh, and yeah, high recommend on that one for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, very excited to dig into that, but we're not talking about police story three today, Mike. We're talking about, yes, madam. We haven't uh, even seen police story three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even right. Down, you know, even right down to the title card of this movie fucking rocks. I don't know. It's so cool. <laughs> Everything about this movie is so cool. It's just a cool movie. And I think what I like about this too, is it's, it's also feels very different tonally than the first two movies that we talked about. Oh, uh, yeah. Owl versus Bombo or Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Like Those movies had more of an emphasis on the slapstick comedy stuff uh, or Owl versus Bombo, you know, had its dance sequence and all right. that kind of stuff. And there was the melodrama there. This definitely has like some slapstick comedy stuff for sure. I mean, we talked about that with like, the Bugs Bunny-esque, you know, wacky situation there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think most of the comedy feels less like absurd or wacky uh, than those two movies, at least, and more and more character based. I feel like there's more like character based comedy between uh, going on here as opposed to I mean, you know, Lucky Stars. It's all the three stooges, like physical comedy, slapstick kind of stuff right. or harassing women, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> that's, that's it. Those are the two ends of the spectrum. Yes. In Lucky Stars. Yes. Which I, which I liked in this movie. I mean, you know, Sammo Hung shows up with the other two guys from Lucky Stars and it almost seems like they're doing like a Lucky Stars harassing women routine at one yeah. point, like when they're doing it. And then it turns out they're just like, you know, trying to steal chicken from a woman and it's like okay this is a fun like subversion of what what i expected that to be yeah that moment it must be deliberate i think because i'm watching you know i was watching this with my friends like i said and in that moment i was like oh no because i recognize it's the lucky stars guys and they're like making like creepy faces and you know wiggling their fingers at the nurse And I was like, oh, fucking God, I forgot. Like, I didn't remember this. How could I not have known this? My friends are going to think, oh, no. And then they go for the chicken instead, and it's very funny. Uh, (laughs) But I was like, oh, my God, like that tension, that expectation that the lucky stars are going to try to grope a woman. Uh, The lucky stars were at it again. Those (laughs) bastards. They got me again. Um, But, yeah, they made that moment very funny in a kind of, you know, ironic twist type of way yeah definitely uh so let's run the movie down scene by scene we'll really get into yes madam so uh like you said before mike this movie opens with uh, michelle yo in a bookstore and uh while she's at the bookstore some flasher shows up and flashes michelle yo immediately she like closes a book i guess on his dick yo for sure <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and he like goes like ah and like you know like screams you don't even have time to like process what you just watched and then there's like a robbery outside and a big gunfight breaks out. <laughs> yeah and the, just the way the like just the cool the way they choreograph like everything in these movies where they throw that guy in the back of the squad car. The squad car pulls away as they turn right at an intersection. Car full of robbers turns in like right behind them, you know, yep. and they pull over and, and, and cut off the armored truck. And then the big gun, gunfight happens. Uh, and just like everything is fucking in motion and moving and choreographed and, and all that stuff that, you know, what if we just in Hollywood is just like, what if we put a camera on a tripod and film these people in medium shot uh, <laughs> and they quip back and forth? And that doesn't happen in these movies. They're no, dynamic. No. Yes, they are very dynamic. And I think, you know, Coriona as a director, especially, uh, you know, I, I think his style of direction uh, and his style of action direction is just very diff- like it's similar to Sammo Hung. I think it comes from the same school of, you know. Hong Kong action filmmaking. There's a, a, it feels more brutal in this movie than you know. You watch either of the other two movies, which again are more like you know slapsticky and all that kind of stuff. There's a brutality and a physicality that's going on in this movie that just like is unmatched, I think. And right off the bat, uh, one of the first things that like when the robbers hold up the armored guard people they like just blow somebody away and his head is like a huge squib like right at, like yep. in the first three minutes of this movie and we're just like oh, okay this is the tone um <laughs> and it's so cool and um i wonder also i would i would be interested to hear about the way a lot of these movies get made just thinking about like there's like nine directors in this cast you know like i wonder yeah. what the kind of collaborative if any of that is going on with these action scenes something to think about you know yeah definitely for sure uh so yeah they're in the big gunfight here and uh you know there's a big chase that happens michelle yo shoots out the tires of their truck uh, yeah. The truck flips and then there's like the one guy on the ground and she does like a dirty hairy thing. She, she like, like directly quotes it. Yeah. Like almost directly. Yeah. She says like, I'm not sure whether there's any bullets left in the gun. Do you want to take a risk? And then he like does try to fight or like he tries to shoot back he at her. But she, gun. Yeah. And she shoots him and he dies. Yeah. Fucking rad. Cool as hell. <laughs> there's like a big blood squib. It's just yep. like, man. Shit rocks. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great, just like almost disorienting first, like few minutes of the movie because you don't even like understand the context for what just happened. Yeah. Uh, and then, you, and then you like cut back to the station and there's a flowers and cheers from Michelle Yeoh. And, uh, it's revealed that, uh, she is going on vacation to Scotland for a little while. Yeah. And I love, I love just the, the influences thing, I guess is where like, we talked about that in the last couple episodes too, where it's like, we're just gonna we're just gonna quote the movie. <laughs> we're yeah. just gonna do the dirty Harry thing, uh, and it feels like r- real and earnest. And yeah, and there's the funny moment where they're like all doing the cheers with the the bouquets, and then the cops all walk away, but there's still one criminal there with like his cuffs on, and he's like, "Hey, and he's still doing it." Uh, <laughs> but, and then, you know, they mix in the slapstick a little bit or the, the comedy yes. right away. So yeah, she's going on vacation to Scotland, and then meanwhile, we're introduced to Strepsil and Aspirin, uh, and they are breaking into the hotel. Uh, and while that's going on, an assassin is showing up and meeting with this guy about a $1 million exchange and a forged contract. It's not going the way the assassin's saying it's supposed to go, whatever it is. He then <laughs> sticks his gun through an apple and then points the gun with the apple at the guy, sort of uses the apple as a silencer right. and, kill, and kills him. Yeah, and he puts the apple in his mouth and then pulls the trigger. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I think I think Michelle Yeoh like, gets a letter or something like telling her to meet at this hotel it's like kind of like the same Oliver's Bombo setup where somebody's like, you should be in this room at this time kind of deal. Yeah, well, I think the the guy that he kills is her boyfriend, I'm pretty sure. That's the... Oh, uh, I, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, so, so that's... I forgot so about I, that. I think she was going there anyway to meet with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, like the assassin, like gets out of there as Aspirin walks in 
And, uh, you know, he's just walking in to steal some money and steal a passport because he wants to. Yeah, exactly. And then get out of there. Uh, The assassin's like, you know, kind of hiding in the window, like making sure that Aspirin doesn't see him or whatever. Uh, And then Michelle Yeoh walks in. She rings the bell and uh, Aspirin's kind of dressed as a bellboy. So he like leaves and she like sees him leave. And uh, the assassin's already out at the window. And then she walks in and she sees uh, the dead guy and it's her boyfriend. And she thinks that Aspirin killed him. (laughs) Right. It's, it's like a surprisingly like complex plot that this movie has actually. <laughs> it's it's like really kind of convoluted in a fun, yes. in like a funny kind of way though. Yeah, and I think Aspirin thinks the guy is asleep cuz he's like kind of passed fell over kind of weird yeah. on the table. So that's why he doesn't like notice that that guy got his head blown off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then and then um what happens? She comes out of the room and sees the other guy. Yeah, well, she yeah she thinks that she thinks Aspirin killed him. She like notices that he died, and like she like gets out of there, and she chases after Aspirin, um, or she tries to, and but she can't find him. Like Aspirin's already kind of down down the hallway or whatever it was, uh, but she's like running downstairs trying to catch him off, and uh, she doesn't see him, uh, and then she sees the assassin but she doesn't know that he was the assassin right uh, so he's just like some guy but you see the uh, assassin like kind of holstering his gun like just in case he has to like you know make uh, make a move whatever it is um but then yo like kind of puts out like an apb on aspirin there, there was like a bellboy bring out all your bellboys and let me see all of them and right. all that kind of stuff right yeah and that's so the assassin's able to slip away in the chaos uh, yes. of all of that yeah and it's just so funny thing like also like in elvis bombo where it's like sure parasailing assassins I mean, like whatever, um, <laughs> and whatever plot that was going for, we're like, yeah, sure. There's a, anytime there's like a microfiche, like I'm in. Yes. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Do they even say like what's on the microfilm or anything? Like, um, th- that's the contract is it's a picture of the, the forged right. contract, but, but like a contract for what? Um, it's some kind of fraud thing. Okay. And that's enough. <laughs> that's all you need to know. <laughs> Just stop it. Microfiche. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so strepsil and aspirin do get away. And uh, <laughs> just thinking, so a lot of these are just weirdly Lex Luthor's plot from the Superman movie where it's some kind of real estate scam. <laughs> I think that's or, what it was. That's what it was in, in Lucky Stars, right? Or Alvarez Bombo where they, I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. Alvarez Bombo was also that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. Again, taking a, you know, big Hollywood movie, taking that as <laughs> influence you know whatever it is but yeah so they get away and then you cut over to uh panadol and there's these guys in uh trying to blow up they blow up panadol's door uh and like (laughs) trying to (laughs) and are trying to attack him he's trying to escape right (laughs) yeah yeah they knock on the door and he answers it and they like pull his head through the chain you know kind of thing yeah out through the door jam uh and they're like i'll open the unlock the door and he's like oh i can't you got my head out here uh, and they're like, okay, fine. And they push him back in and he like closes and deadbolts, puts all the locks back. And he's like, ah, idiots. And then the door just explodes. When yes. Anything with Panadol is so much fun. Yes. Classic stuff. Uh, acc- acclaimed filmmaker, Sui Hark, uh, director of Once Upon a Time in China. Also Bugs Bunny. Yes, also Bugs Bunny. Uh, and then Strepsil and Aspirin show up there, and uh, they see the guys trying to attack Panadol, uh, and they pretend to be cops to get them away. They, like, kind of shout, like, hey, we're the police, you know, get out of here. Yeah, basically, and, like, run in place so they sound like a lot of footsteps and yes. stuff. Yeah, and then they all, they all, like, scatter and just, like, jump out the window and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Good shit, you know? Yeah, good stuff indeed. So, yeah, Strepsil and Aspirin and Panadol, they're all best buds, uh, and they, they you kind of discover what Strepsil and Aspirin are doing. They're, like, kind of stealing people's IDs so that Panadol can make forgeries and sell them off. That's the idea. Right. And, but they do it from like a hard a place of good. Like they want to raise money to buy an apartment for their old man. They're like kind of mentor guy. Yes. Who is uh, Sammo Hung playing Sifu. 
Uh, and so in this scene, you uh, discover they have a bunch of guns in a box and they have this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> which is going to come into play later. That's why the guys, the thugs were there. They were complaining about the counterfeit gun that he made for them. Right. Yes. It's all set up. It's, it's all right all there. It's all coming together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have a bunch of guns in a box and they also have a money box. And uh, the money box is for Sifu. And so after this, Mich- Michelle Yeoh is back at the station and she gets the autopsy report for Richard, uh, who is the guy that died, who was her boyfriend. He was going to go to Scotland with her. That was their plan. Uh, and she's asking, like, are we going to handle the case? And uh, Wong, the police inspector, doesn't really know. He's not really sure uh, what's mm-hmm. going to happen, but it's going to be put out there and uh, you know, see what happens. It's kind of the convoluted plot part of this movie <laughs> in here. Where I don't, I don't exactly remember a ton of what happens when in what order um, until we get to all the cool fighting. You know? I'm also not sure entirely why they got somebody sent in from Scotland Yard to take a look at this. <laughs> Was he a cop? Case? I don't remember. Also... I don't exactly remember the, uh, we probably should have did, done a minor like Hong Kong history lesson before we started this episode about were they still UK territory in the 80s? Mm. I don't exactly remember what period that happens. I know they don't become right. part of China until like ni- the late 90s. Uh, so there might have been some kind of transition stuff happening. But Okay, interesting. Yeah, th- that could be a thing. Let's go with that theory. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're learning as we go, Mike. That's the yes. uh, that's the important thing here. After this, uh, Strepsil then sees in the newspaper about Richard. He sees that Richard died, and he recognizes that Richard is the guy that he stole the passport from, and he realizes that he gave the passport to Panadol. Panadol made a forgery, sold it off to somebody. He's freaking out about this, and Aspirin's like, hey, yeah, that, that's a lot of dots for somebody to connect. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just a hard cut to Panadol being arrested. <laughs> 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 uh, it's not quite that yet, but it's very close. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Uh, yeah, so he realizes the uh, the, pa- the passport, the Panadol's forge was of Richard's face. So that's of concern to him. But then you get the scene with Sifu. Uh, oh, yes. You yes. get Sam Ohong and his two friends, the lucky stars. They're all like an old man makeup and they're like playing senior citizens and they're in like a nursing home and uh, like, a nurse comes by and it like, like we said, it's like this kind of thing where it's like it seems like they're plotting to like get the nurse's clothes off or whatever. Like, you, you know, you do this, you do this and I'll come in from behind and you know take like take her clothes off or whatever uh and really they like open her jacket but it's just a distraction method to get the chicken from <laughs> yeah from from her right to steal the chicken off the cart yeah because they're on like a very restricted diet or something yes yeah and then and then like the boys show up uh with like their water and i forget what the thing in the basket on top is but then when they like sit down with the old man he like rips it it's like a false top and it's just like full of chicken yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the basket it's like chicken and alcohol and all yeah. this kind of stuff all the stuff that they're not allowed to have uh see it's kind of nice scene with like the three of them and like the three lucky stars and yeah. they're all just hanging out enjoying some chicken and all that kind of stuff basically yeah and yeah it's kind of when you realize the the or it's explained like that you know he took them all in and they're what doing these things like stealing from people and selling the counterfeits to raise money to get him out of this kind of retirement home yeah to get him an apartment essentially yeah is, is the idea uh so that is what they are planning to do that's also the only time you see sam hung and those guys in this movie yeah. they, only, they only get like the one it's like an extended cameo scene really Basically, yeah. After that, Michelle Yeoh gets a report about the passport being used, and she heads to the airport. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. I forgot why they're at the airport. Yes, yes. So the re- the reason they're at the airport is because like the the airport like flags the passport that Panadol sold as being a forgery. Um, I think because Richard's face is in it. Michelle Yeoh heads to the airport. A bunch of the cops head over there too. And uh, when they get there, the guy who is using the fake ID 
uh, tries to make a run for it, and a big brawl breaks out. Yeah, a big foot chase through the airport. That yes. could have only happened in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there's a big chase through the airport. People are getting beat up, left and right, all that kind of stuff. And then the guy, the fake ID guy, like takes this woman hostage. He's like, okay, don't move. Or, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to do something. You know, ah, I'm crazy. Uh, yeah. And then the woman completely beats him up because it's Cindy Arathrock. <laughs> yeah, she spins around <laughs> and does like this cool high kick thing and kicks him over her own shoulder. Yes. Uh, and just knocks him out cold. And it's yes. the coolest shit ever. It is a, it's an incredible entrance for Cynthia Rothrock in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then this is sort of where we start to begin. We, I think if, I think we go back to the police station where she's just like, we gotta fucking kill this guy. <laughs> she just wants to torture him um, for information. Yes, Cindy Rothrock's a terrible police officer. Yes, psychopath. <laughs> uh, just absolutely insane. Uh, also, you find, like, she also uh, speaks Cantonese. It's, it's very clearly, like, dubbed Cantonese, like, over Cynthia Rothrock, and it is the uh, the style of, you know, much like spaghetti westerns or whatever, which is what they did in these Hong Kong movies too. Uh, everybody kind of just speaks their native language, and then they dub over it for whatever language they're actually going to be releasing the movie in. Right, which is very funny that they like include that plot point of like, wow, she speaks really good Cantonese. Yes, uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, and she scolds the other cops because the cops like say something like, oh yeah, she she doesn't have too much of a body or whatever, and yeah, she, and, she, and then she like responds back to them in Cantonese. It's like, oh okay, but then yeah, they head back to the station, and uh, Michelle Yeoh is interrogating the guy with the fake ID you know she's like has him in a room and she's like this isn't gonna go well for you if you don't tell us what's like just kind of being you know, the good cop yeah. versus uh versus Cindy Rothbach's bad cop you know all that kind of stuff and she's like giving him tea and then Carrie Morris comes in and kicks the tea yeah <laughs> she like kicks the tea out of his hand and then takes him to a dark room lights a cigarette and then burns his face with it and then beats him up <laughs> and just beats yeah just destroys him <laughs> And she's like, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm going to report you. And she's like, to who? And just keeps beating the shit out of him. It's so funny. <laughs> she's like effectively Batman or something. Absolutely. It's 100% that scene. Yeah, with Batman. The Swear to me. Yeah. <laughs> she beats him up like to within an inch of his life. Maybe, maybe problematic, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Let's just throw that out there. Uh, that is acknowledged. <laughs> yeah. Throw that out. But yeah, she beats him up and uh, they take him to the hospital. Like Michelle Yeoh stops the whole thing and she, they take him to the hospital. But while they're on the way to the hospital, the ambulance gets a flat tire. So he escapes. He escapes. He yeah. escapes. Beats up the, uh, the cops that are in the, the ambulance and gets out of there. Then Michelle Yeoh gets a call that says, like, step one is okay. And she says, start step two. This is all part of her plan. Yeah, it was very funny. I think I think right before I watched this movie with my friends, uh, we watched Ambulance, the Michael Bay movie from this year. Mm. Uh, so I was like, oh, side by sides. Look, we're doing it. There like, you go. <laughs> cinematic uh, similarities between these movies. <laughs> so then the guy with the fake ID goes to find Panadol because he's uh, upset that Panadol, uh, he thinks that Panadol gave him up. Right. Uh, to the cops or whatever. And uh, he goes to attack him in his apartment and uh, a bunch of wacky mishaps just take place. <laughs> I, I think the part one thing is that Michelle Yeoh lets him overhear that the guy that sold him the fake ID sold him out kind of thing. So that's yes. why it's now they can follow him back to Panadol's apartment. And yeah, this is how we get the, now we have the Bugs Bunny thing with the sliding cages <laughs> and the walls and the false beds and the wall and the literally a dummy holding dynamite. Yeah. Uh, 
All that stuff. Very yes, good. it's it's pretty fantastic. So yeah, there's this whole sequence where he's trying to attack Panadol, and Panadol's just like kind of evading him in the apartment. Uh, and then Panadol climbs out like the window, and he's climbing up the building. Um, but the guy heads him off, and like gets to the roof of the building. And so now he's like grabs Panadol, and he's dangling him off the side of the building. And then Cynthia Rothrock shows up, and she shoots the guy. <laughs> and, yeah. And when she does that, he drops Panadol, and Panadol falls. And uh, he almost like accidentally hangs himself on a rope that's like hanging off the building. And she's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, ah, ah. Like, yeah. like he's just like trying to like say that he's like dying. And she finally like, oh, whatever. And she shoots him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He falls through like clotheslines or whatever and gets all tingled up and is like choking. Yeah. And does she or does she just like stand up? I don't remember. No, she does shoot the rope. You're right. Yeah. She shoots the rope. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't seem like she's going to like, it seems like he's like literally about to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See the Rothbard's a cop on the edge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, so she shoots him down, uh, and then they bring Panadol to the station, uh, and she's about to go beat the hell out of Panadol. Send the yeah. She's like ready to do it. She's like, all right, I'm gonna speed him up. And then Michelle goes like, no, no. <laughs> she stops her. Uh, and then she puts it together that uh, he knows aspirin. She's like showing him like pictures in a book of like possible suspects, people who yeah. have, like kind of had records or whatever. And then he he like there's a glint of recognition in his in, on his face when he sees aspirin and strepsil. And then she realizes that she looks down. She recognizes that aspirin is the guy that she saw in the building. Right. And then like a plan starts to formulate in Michelle Yeoh's head. Yeah. It's a very funny physical comedy moment too, because she, he's looking through the book like, oh, you wasting our time. Like, what are you doing? And then I think he looks down and sees the picture of aspirin and like gasps and slams the book shut. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I don't know them. Uh, and it's like this whole thing. Um, very, yeah, it's good, good stuff. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, Aspirin and Strepsil, uh, they're hanging out in a pool hall. <laughs> like you, you know. do. I can't believe this movie has a pool hall plot line. Right. <laughs> I, I think the code word there is like, hey, uh, we're looking for fat chicks. Is uh, <laughs> I think that was probably some kind of weird slang Google translate. You think uh, that was it? <laughs> that's what I'm, th- I'm thinking. Uh, okay, like whatever word they're using there d- literally translates to... <laughs> Interesting. I, I thought it was like, you know, a, a code they were using to like say like, hey, we want to face off against this guy or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> like That's... whale would make sense there too. You sure. know, it's yeah. sort of what I was thinking, but I don't really know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, th- definitely they, they're facing off against this guy, which looks shades of like the hustler here with like Jackie oh, Gleason's yeah. character and all that kind of stuff. Uh, um, and so they face off against this guy and they, they think they're going to win some money on pool. They think they're very good at pool and they're going to like hustle people and stuff. Uh, and instead they lose $147,000. Yes. Um, and I love the moment where like, uh, I think aspirin is getting like smoked. Strepsil goes over to the bar and he's like, Oh man. And the bartender just like points at the TV, which is like showing professional pool. And it's the guy they're playing against. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is really fucking funny. Um, uh, yeah. And then they just get, they lose hundred thousand, whatever it was. Uh, $147,000 according to the <laughs> translation that we saw. <laughs> yeah. Might be yen, which might not be right. whatever it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, very, very funny. They just, they lose a lot of money is the moral of the scene. They are, uh, about to get beat up. Like people start surrounding them in the pool hall. I mean, like you shouldn't play us if you don't have any money to wager, you know, that kind of thing. If you can't pay up, uh, and they're about to get beat up and then the assassin arrives. 
Right. Uh, the assassin shows up uh, because he wants to take out Strepsil and Aspirin. He thinks they have the microfilm, which they do. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and, but they don't, I don't they realize that at the time yet. They don't know it yet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he arrives like as the brawl is about to break out, and he actually inadvertently saves them from this <laughs> brawl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very funny. That I, and I love the, the moment before that, too, where they're just like, they basically do the thing from like, you know, Thor, where it's like, well, do get help? And they're like, I hate get help. But yes. then they're like, have a thing that they do where they're just like, well, okay, good game, sir. And they like put their jackets on and just start to walk out. Um, uh, which is very funny. Yeah. And then the assassin shows up and it's a big, big brawl, you know? I love yes. It. Yeah. Big brawl breaks out. The assassins are be- beating up everybody. And, uh, they think like, oh wow, a guardian angel's looking after us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We can go. Uh, but then he chases that. He chases them uh, on his motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so he's chasing them. He's on a motorcycle. They're on foot through an alley and they keep throwing obstacles in his way. Yeah. <laughs> I just you know. love a good comedy of errors, honestly. Yes, absolutely. They 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 like jump a fence and he like just pushes the motorcycle through the fence. A bunch of barrels like throw down and he like finds like a wood plank to jump and yeah. all that kind of stuff. He just keeps like fi- finding ways to get around their obstacles. Uh, but then they hide out in a nightclub. They like find the nightclub and like, okay, we're going to hide out in here. And inside the nightclub <laughs> are Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock looking for them. <laughs> With a wanted poster. Be like, have you seen this man? <laughs> And the, they're talking to the bartender and he's like, you know, doing like, you know, gross, like hit, hitting on Cynthia Rothrock a little bit. And it's like, like, oh, no, I've never seen this before or whatever. And then they like beat him. They like, you know, do the thing where they like put, bring his face down to the like counter or whatever. And it's yeah. like, wait, yes, I have seen them. It's like, what? Just now. <laughs> he like points them out over there. Like behind, over their shoulders as, he, as they're coming in. Yeah. And then more, more brawls. <laughs> more brawls happen. I mean, if, if there's one thing this movie has, it's brawls. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. It's funny to to you know we compared uh, one of our big complaints with Lucky Stars uh, was like that the the ratio was wrong between the like weird sex crimes and <laughs> yeah the, uh, the fights. Uh, and this movie gets like the brawls per minute right. I think you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Also, very few sex crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the sex crimes very low in this movie. Uh, but yeah, so we got that going for us too. In this, I guess, uh, I guess literally there's one in the beginning of the movie with the flasher. But right. <laughs> <laughs> And then it, it's pretty much, I mean, there's like stuff that's played as a joke. Uh, like, I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like there's a bit, a bit where the Strepsil and Aspirin are trying to get uh, arrested. They're trying to like go oh, to jail yeah, yeah. and they're like, okay, well, what if we take off Michelle Yeoh's clothes? Uh, but it's always just like, what if like they just like rip open her shirt and it's like, ah, and she just punches both of them like at yeah. the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like some quick stuff like that, but it's always like, you know, I think that's the, really the only like major one and they get their comeuppance very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but yeah, they hide out in the nightclub and the assassin walks in and, uh, he finds Strepsil and Aspirin and he brings them to the bathroom. Yo and, uh, Rothrock are there and they're seeing what's going on and they follow them into the bathroom and then they fight the assassin in the bathroom while Strepsil and As- Aspirin escape. <laughs> Yeah, they climb out the window. Uh, <laughs> Not even it's, it's like a it's like a vent. There's like a vent they like open yeah. up and climb out. <laughs> yeah, and we get more fights. You know. Um, yeah, uh, an incredible bathroom brawl. Uh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh actually gets like smashed against a mirror here. Very cool. And uh, yeah, there's also like an umbrella that's used in the fight at one point. I oh, think Steve Rothrock wields that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of made me think a little bit of uh, like the Mission Impossible Fallout. bathroom fight connecting all the dots but to the conspiracy board of uh modern hollywood action movies and 80s hong kong action movies and sure and here we are michelle yo should be in a mission impossible movie that would kind of that would wow (laughs) that would be the coolest shit ever right (laughs) just throwing it out there who knows maybe get tom cruise on the phone (laughs) (laughs) oh wait there's only two more though they already made them though (laughs) 
the chip. There's, there's still time for Mission Impossible 8. You can yeah. squeeze some stuff in there. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, after this, I mean, you know, Strepsil and Aspirin, they escape. And then uh, there's a dueling parking attendant bit uh, <laughs> where there's a, like two parking attendants trying to give a ticket to the same car. And they're like, no, I was here first. No, I was here first. And all that kind of stuff. One of them is actually a cop who's like kind of sort of off duty, I guess. And is just like filling his time by yeah. <laughs> being a parking attendant. Even this movie says a cab. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so Strepsil and Aspirin see these two and uh, they decided to beat up the one who's actually a cop so that they'll be put in jail. They do that. It's uh, it's Billy Lau, the guy from Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do, th- they do that. He brings them to jail where they see Michelle Yeoh and uh, Yeoh discharges them. Uh, right. Because she, she like realizes what they're trying to do and uh, she knows they'll be more useful if they're out on the streets. They can kind of use them as bait to get to who they actually need to get to. Yeah, and is this where they they, she, they do that with the Michelle Yeoh with the jacket? Yes, she, sir. Yeah. As soon as she discharges them, they're like, okay, well, how do we get put in jail? We can try to take off her clothes. And they try to undress her and she punches them both in the face at the same time, like both her fists at the same time. Yeah, knocks uh, both of them out. Yeah, yeah in- incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, then they, they go back to the pool hall, uh, Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock, like escort them to the pool hall. Right. And, uh, you know, they go over there and, uh, you know, all the guys start surrounding them again and Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock, like roll their eyes and just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're like acting all tough cause they think that, that they're going to protect them. Uh, yes. and they're like talking shit. And they turn around and it's just like an empty doorway. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. So they get beat up by all the guys in the pool hall now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they go that after this, uh, you know, they they end up going back to Panadol's, and uh, that's when Panadol finds a contract on the microfilm. Yeah, and even that is like a fun physical thing, like because he's he's making a forgery of the of the passport, and he takes the picture of Richard off which has the microfiche behind it, stuck yes. to it, and sticks on his headlamp, and then he takes the new picture off, like, and replaces it. And eventually he peels the picture of Richard off the headlamp, leaving the microfiche stuck to the light, and it acts as a projector onto the wall and sees, like, what the microfiche right. is a picture of. Uh, and he's like, that's a really clever way for that to happen, you know, to make it, like, a kind of dynamic thing. Yeah, that, convey that, that information to the audience, like, oh, there, here it is. yeah. Yeah, instead of just being like somebody looking at through a thi- like a glass or whatever, or like a, a magnifying lens or whatever, and instead we get this kind of cool thing with the headlamp and the projector and yada yada yada, and here and now they know what they have in their possession. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, there, there's kind of an internal debate between the three of them about what they should do with the microfilm, uh, or really it's Strepsil saying we got to give this to the police so that we can like you know be safe and be good. Right. Uh, and then Aspirin and Panadol are both just like, hmm, but what if we made money off of this? <laughs> yeah. What if money? Uh, uh, and so they they kind of trick Strepsil and uh, Aspirin distracts him. And uh, while he does that, Panadol goes in and makes a copy of it, a fake copy to give to the police. And then the real one they can use to blackmail Henry Tin, the, uh, the guy who has hired the assassin and who is like running this whole operation. Right. They're, they're going to get their payday for the old man. You know? Exactly. Yes, that's the plan. Strepsil brings in the uh, the fake one, thinking it's real evidence. And uh, Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock, they also think it's real evidence. And they're like, OK, here we go. We're taking down, you know, one of the biggest gang leaders or whatever it is in, in our city. And they bring him to the station. And then when they get there, they discover they actually don't have any evidence because the microfilm was fake. Yeah. And I don't think they show or say what is on the fake one. I don't remember. Because it's not the contract. It's not yes. the forgery stuff. It might um, just be like microfilm. <laughs> blank microfilm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when they go to arrest uh, Henry Tin, right? There's like the, he gets the phone call and it's Panadol. And he's like, don't worry, you're safe. And uh, yeah, this is sort of like the the villain 
you know, like, ha, 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 like the kind of big, big laugh. And he's like, I own every politician in this kind of city. Ha, yes. Ha, kind of moment. Yeah. Which James Tien killing it as the villain in this movie yeah. too. Uh, just really go, going over the top. He's like chomping on a big cigar a lot of the time. He's doing mm-hmm. his whole like, you know, over the top evil villain thing, uh, which is incredibly fun to watch in this. In yeah. This with the cool sunglasses and everything. It's, yes. it's fun. Yeah, so good. So, uh, yeah, they bring him to the station. They don't have any evidence, so he gets released. And uh, then Wong, the captain, uh, dismisses them both. Uh, You know, hand in your badge, hand in your gun, you're through. (laughs) You're off the case. Exactly, yeah. And so they leave, but then Michelle Yeoh uh, kind of picks up uh, Cindy Rothrock in her car and says, we're going to do things our way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Michelle Yeoh's string from her good cop. She's going to be a bad cop. (laughs) But it's a takedown this guy, Mike. I mean, come on. It's worth it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, and so after this, Aspirin goes to meet with Henry Tin because he's, he thinks he's like, oh, he's hot shit now. He has something that Henry Tin wants and he has this microfilm and he's asking for $10 million for it. Yes. Uh, and Aspirin's dressed up in like a tuxedo and everything. He's like dressed in a nice suit. The layout of that place that they're in, uh, Henry Tin's mansion or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, is kind of well established throughout the movie before you get to that final fight scene, yeah. uh, which ends <laughs> when it first showed up, I was like, oh man, this is where it happens. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's, like it's a really like terrific piece of like movie architecture um, because you can kind of like give you the whole layout with just like one really good shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all glass and like wood and everything and the yep. fountains and you're like, Oh, people are going to go through that. People are going to go through that. <laughs> uh, what is that? A sculpture of somebody's going through it. Um, yep. And yeah, and I love the the like character that Aspirin is playing now with the, like the big suit and they're chomping on cigar and he's being really rude. He's like, how do how, you don't offer to light my cigar and like all that kind of stuff. Tell your dog to light my cigar. I forget exactly. He's got some weird insult. And yeah, and because now he's playing up being like a big businessman that need that is going to blackmail this guy. And I forget how this all ends up with Panadol and Rice. He de- he's not dead yet. He, right? he doesn't die yet. Uh, so yeah, Aspirin meets with Tin. He asks for $10 million. But of course, he's a complete fuck up and like has like a million people like surrounding him. So Mad Dog attacks Aspirin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Strepsil is uh, at home in the bath naked. Uh, <laughs> like you do. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, typically you're yeah. naked in the bath. That makes sense. Literally. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Strepsil like, thinks everything's fine. You know, he, uh, you know, handed in uh, the evidence to the police. He thinks it's all good. Uh, and then Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock show up and uh, beat up Strepsil while he's still naked. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, he discovers that uh, the evidence was bad and he realizes what must have happened. And he realizes that Panadol must have forged one and they were going to do the blackmail thing and all that kind of stuff, which is exactly what he said they shouldn't do. Uh, right. <laughs> they should have listened to Strepsil. The assassin shows up at Panadol's place, right? Yes, uh, for the film, and uh, he like they get, they get into a brawl, they get into a struggle, and they're fighting in the apartments. Uh, and then the assassin actually shoots Panadol, uh, but then as Panadol is dying, he like puts the question out there, like, ah, oh, but is that microfilm the real microfilm? Uh? Right? Yeah, because he gives it back to him. He gives him the real microfilm, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, he he, he gives a uh, yeah he gives what he said was the real microfilm, but now he's like, oh, maybe it's not. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's dying, so it's like, what are you going to do now? And then Michelle Yeoh and Cindy Rothrock and Strepsil, they all show up. They chase the assassin, but he gets away, and uh, Panadol reveals that the real microfilm is actually in the money box for Sifu. And then he dies. <laughs> and, and that's when Panadol dies. That's when Panadol yeah. dies in Strepsil's arms, and, uh, you know, Strepsil goes nuts after this you know it's one of his closest friends he's so upset and so he takes all the guns out of the box and he takes the money box and he decides to force his way into henry tin's compound yeah and all the grenades and stuff which i like that they also set up earlier are just yep. like 
on a string, like they're not real pins and stuff. Uh, and yeah, and then yeah, he kind of goes in with his moat with all the the guns strapped to him, uh, his big moment, and shows up on his like moped at a Henry Tins uh, yeah. compound. He holds a gun and like you know enters and is like, hey, let, show me to your boss. And he gets inside and Henry Tins there and the assassin and Mad Dog and everybody is there in that room. And Strepsil's like, I don't care, I just want aspirin back. Like you know, you you can take the thing. I'll just take aspirin. Mad Dog attacks him. Uh, like like he did with aspirin, mm-hmm. and uh, he takes the grenade that Strepsil was holding, and uh, you know the pin's been pulled or whatever. So it's like, oh my god, like everybody get down! And then everybody's like holding for a minute, and then like the string moves and just goes back up to where it is. And it's like it turns out, oh, the grenade was a toy the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Uh, and then Strepsil pulls out a gun. It's like, well, this gun is real, and he tries to shoot it, and nothing happens because the guns are also fake. Yeah, and he keeps trying it, and eventually ends up with the real gun, uh, of course. Um, right. And yeah, he's just he just wants his buddy back, you know. He just wants the buddy back, but uh, yeah, and then yeah, you know, all the guns are fake, and he's like, you know, losing it, losing his steam a little bit. And it's like, well, you know, I still have the microfilm. I'm gonna burn it, and uh, he's like, well, I I want you to burn it, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Please destroy my evidence. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so they, they decide they're going to burn Strepsil alive. They have like a giant gas can. They're like yeah. going to toss on him. But then Michelle Yeoh and Cindy Rothrock show up. Yeah, they do. And man, it is awesome. They, they shoot the gas can. It blows up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, then they, they get surrounded by all the guys. And, uh, you know, the James Tien is the villain is like kind of high above the rest of them. And like, all right, everybody attack them. And uh, then Michelle Yeoh and Cindy Rothrock, they do their high five and they do their fighting stance. And it's the coolest shit of all time. <laughs> and it's 10 minutes of the coolest fight ever. Yes. Um, it's just rocks. I kind of want to just watch the fight scene again when we're done. You know, I'll probably just go watch that part again. It, it's such an incredible fight scene. I mean, that it, it is like, you know, a masterclass of fight choreography and action sequencing and editing and all this kind of great stuff. The, the, the last 15 minutes of Yes, Madam, just absolutely unparalleled, like so, so good. Uh, and it has everything. Like there are so many <laughs> things in this fight scene that happen. People have swords. Michelle Yeoh does like a slow motion front flip, uh, yeah. you know, and then she's she's facing off against Mad Dog. Mad Dog has the knife and she's like, you know, you know trying to evade the knife and everything like that. And she like makes fun of him for using it. And so it turns into a fist fight. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Cynthia Rothrock is fighting the assassin. Uh, you know, people are falling through Pete. Pianos, there's <laughs> <laughs> going through windows, yeah, and into the fountains and stuff. I have noticed you because you mentioned it a couple times too uh, in the last two episodes, like the style, you know, particularly Jackie Chan, I think is what you were talking about, but just generally like using anything in the room in the yes. fight. Uh, and yeah, there's they're like grabbing bamboo out of the planters and shit and flipping off the chandeliers and yep. stuff like they're kind of going all over the place. It's so cool. Yeah, they, they really utilize like everything in that environment. Uh, yeah. and it's such a big, spacious place to have a big fight like this. And so much stuff gets destroyed. Uh, it's terrific. Uh, and yeah, there's like a great use, great use of slow motion in certain parts. I mean, the scene, the bit, the bit where. Michelle Yeoh dives backwards through the glass and brings the two guys down with her. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, just, it's got it all, man. It's it's so good. This fight has everything. It really does. <laughs> uh, and so the battle rages. Uh, you know, Michelle Yeoh beats Mad Dog, and then she goes to assist uh, Cindy Rothrock against the assassin. They finally beat the assassin, uh, and then Tin has aspirin hostage. He like is yes. holding aspirin up against, uh, up against him. Uh, and then the assassin is still around and he burns the film and then aspirin ends up running and pulling a pistol and the pistol was real and he kills the assassin with it. Uh, just as Wong and the police show up. And this is where you get the super mega sad ending actually. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Cause the, yeah. Wong and the police show up and he just killed the assassin and the Wong is like, what has been going on here? <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and you walk in there, there's like 50 dead people like surrounding <laughs> you. Like, uh, like there's going to be some questions to answer for sure. Uh, but the police were actually called by Henry Tin, the evil villain. And he's like, oh, I called them here. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Nobody can touch me. These people are trespassing against my house and they, they've killed so many people and all that kind of stuff. And so Michelle Yeoh, Cynthia Rothrock, Strepsil, Aspirin, they are all arrested as Tin is laughing in their faces as they're walking out. There. Yeah. <laughs> Like directly into the camera, laughing at them. Yes, um, like the, like he's walking with them to the car and still like laughing hysterically about the entire situation. Uh, and it's like, oh, of course, I'll cooperate with the police. You know, ha ha ha, ha. like all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, real like untouchable villain shit. Um, and saying like, you know, nothing you can do to me will ever, nothing will ever stick to me. I own this town, kind of thing. Yes. Uh, to the point where that's where Aspirin just is like, ah, and he grabs a gun out of one of the cops' holsters and fucking <laughs> lights him up. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually not the reason. I mean the reason he does that is because he discovers that Panadol died. Oh, that's right. You know, so yes. he, he yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's talking to Strepsil, like, you know, as Tin is gloating and he's like, oh man, I'm going to kill uh, at Panadol when I get out of here. Like, this is like, I can't believe he did this to us. Uh, and Strepsil's like, you're not going to have the chance. Panadol is dead. And like in a rage, Aspirin just like goes nuts. And yeah, he steals a cop's gun and then he kills Henry Tim with it. And then the movie just ends. And then cut the credits. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> What a doubter movie. You're really, I don't think I realized that because you're in such a high from the fight and everything. Yeah. Uh, but if you really stop and think about it, what a depressing way to end. <laughs> Very sad ending. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, their best friend died. They're all likely going to jail for a long time. <laughs> he just murdered a dude in front of a couple of cops. Like, yep. Yeah. Said, well, from it with a cop's gun that he stole. <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not going to be great for them for sure. Um, but it doesn't ruin the high of the incredible final 15 minutes though. I mean, it's no, just wild. Not at all. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens to Aspirin in the sequel. <laughs> well, th the thing is, yeah. the thing is I, I doubt he's in it or, or if, or if the actor is in it, it's probably a different character. Um, because I believe the way the in the line of duty series works, uh, which I think they're some of them are like retroactively considered part of the in the line of duty series or uh, whatever it is. I think it's more just like a name that constitutes these are girls with guns, you know, like that's fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, so I, I believe actually like Michelle Yeoh is playing a different character in the next movie that we're talking about, but it's still <laughs> part of the in the line of duty series. Got it. Makes sense. So, so there's that. Uh, but anyway, that's yes, madam. What a movie. <laughs> what a picture. Yeah. Uh, so, so good. Uh, so glad that we finally made it to yes, madam on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's been a, a long uh, three weeks and we finally got there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but all right, let's get into some letterbox reviews uh, for this movie. Mike, let's see what the people have to say about yes, madam. Here's a four and a half star review from Sean Gilman. Take most of the lucky stars. The finished shred of MacGuffin driven plot. Badass women cops. Sweetheart as a forger who dresses like Adam Driver and lives in an apartment designed by Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> and more broken glass than police story and throw it all in a blender directed by Corey Yun at his absolute peak of not giving a fuck. And you have the most 1980s Hong Kong movie ever made. This is the kind of movie where the villain is introduced spinning in a swivel chair while laughing maniacally and smoking a pipe. <laughs> where the cops hand in their badges and guns before going on an extra legal rampage. Where Sammo Hung, Richard Ng, and David Chang try to steal chicken from a busty nurse at their nursing home <laughs> and that's I mean, it that's the review <laughs> that's yeah i mean yeah that's everything this movie's got everything it really does uh here's a three and a half star review from joshua dysart michelle yo is a gorgeous slash outstanding slash extraordinary slash tanned 
<laughs> Cynthia Rothrock is a powerhouse. They both get far, far too little screen time while we muck about with three wacky dudes who flounder in various attempts to evade stereotypical Hong Kong movie baddies. Then finally, we get a fantastic 15-minute fight scene where Yo and Rothrock drop serious, formidable badassery. It's astounding, legendary even, and certainly highly rewarding. It also has a way of casting the rest of the film in a better light. <laughs> you know... Maybe the balance isn't exactly right for this movie. I, I mean, there is a lot. There is a lot of action sequences in this movie. There is, yeah, there absolutely are. <laughs> uh, but it, but I do I do think if you maybe don't watch a lot of these movies, uh, I, and you're going into this being like, oh yeah, Michelle Yeoh action movie, here we go. There's like a lot of time spent on like the bumbling idiots who are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who are also part of this plot. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, yeah, the, that fight scene really has a way of just bumping this up a whole. The entire movie goes up with it. Oh yeah. You know? Hundred percent. Uh, here's a five star review from Conrad Yui. The fight in Sweetheart's apartment is one of the greatest action set pieces I've ever seen. It's like watching a live action Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yes. <laughs> Corey Young rocks my fucking socks. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, yes. it really is. Tom and Jerry. Perfect. Hundred percent. Right? Uh, here's a four star review from Laird. Like this a bit more on a second watch, being more prepared for the tone slash cast shifts between the raging buddy cop bruiser and the wacky bungling rogue comedy. But man, it could sure use a lot more of the former and slightly less of the latter. As charming as I find Sweetheart's Bugs Bunny routine. <laughs> yep. I don't know if it can carry a feature quite like Cynthia Rothrock and Michelle Yeoh's tag team wrecking crew. Except that this is essentially a live action cartoon, it helps it go down and explains the sudden appearance of Mad Dog, a villain with comically fake eyebrows and mustache who literally growls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do love that he just has a giant fake mustache yes. and giant fake <laughs> eyebrows, and no one mentions it. It's part Never. of it. It's it's just part of the scene. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that final set piece is an all timer, and what a debut leading role for Yo! Holy smokes! Knowing that she had zero martial arts training prior to this film and didn't and still doesn't really read Cantonese is just mind boggling. Fearless. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, which, I, which I, I'm not sure that necessarily is true. I, I believe uh, that last that last part might be referring to um, she doesn't really speak Mandarin Chinese. And I believe for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, which is in Mandarin, uh, mm-hmm. she like spoke all her lines phonetically. She like didn't like. Oh, interesting. Doesn't yeah. really know the language or anything. So she just kind of like phonetically learned them and like just said them that way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that I think that may be a mistake. So I think she does speak Cantonese. But here's a uh, three and a half star review from Cin- Cinema Void. And this is the last one. Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock kick ass so hard that everyone is sneezing shoelaces. <laughs> what? That's incredible. <laughs> wow. I think it's a great way to put it. That's, that's, put that that's, shit on the poster. There that's you amazing. Go. <laughs> uh, so there it is. Yes, madam. Uh, what a movie. Uh, so glad that we finally got to watch it. Finally, we're three episodes in, but still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so glad that I finally got to revisit it because, again, I hadn't seen it since uh, we watched it that day in 2018. So it's been a solid time, four years since I last watched this movie. Uh, and it should be watched annually. This is, a, this is a wonderful film. Yeah, this is a thing that everybody should watch all the time. And I, I hope. I hope everybody does. I don't know. (laughs) know? Yes. Yeah. Like many of these movies, I don't think super easily available just yet, but apparently there is a Eureka Blu-ray coming out pretty soon. Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, Eureka is a region B only (laughs) company because they're based in the UK. Yes. So people in the UK will enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. It's around, you know, is all I'll say because I found it, you know, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD film blog on Twitter and letterboxd. 
If you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods, uh, plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd and Radio, Mike Sandwich and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's my decree show. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Complete Works Pod on Twitter without an O in the word works. Complete W R K S Pod. Is the uh, is the handle on our Twitter account? Nice and simple for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if only Twitter's character limit was one character longer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we would be on Easy Street. But unfortunately. <laughs> Not the case. Uh, and you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at kylespodcastthemes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Uh, join us next week on The Complete Works, where we'll be talking the sequel to this movie, 1986's Royal Warriors and again, sequel in like broad terms, I think is is how to look at it. Not to be confused, which I think the next movie, which also is something warriors, but is unrelated. Uh, Right. I believe yeah, Magnificent Warriors is the uh, the movie after that. But yeah, that is not a sequel to Royal Warriors. Royal Warriors is the second movie in the, in the line of duty franchise, which is is a sequel to this movie. But Michelle Yeoh is playing a different character. (laughs) It's that, a that makes sense, up. right? That makes yeah. sense. I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> Once again, no O in the word works. In the <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. So yeah, Royal Warriors next week. As always, check out our other podcast, Mike and I Go to the Movies. If you want to hear us talk about all kinds of recent releases, classic films, ranked lists, and more, you can follow that at Mike and Mike Pod. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. Yo. <laughs> <laughs>